This week on the Cardamom Pod, we're talking about Gurky's crazy viral clip from the Netflix show Dating Around and Marriage Expectations. Hey, welcome to the Cardamom Pod from Kajal Magazine, where we're talking news, culture, and the internet from a brown perspective. We're recording with Listening Party inside Canal Street Radio. I'm Nadia Agrawal. And I'm Anushka Patil. So, the news last week, uh, really early in the morning, I got a push notification that told me about what happened in Christchurch, New Zealand, and it was devastating. I think we're all still reeling. Um, I've only worked in news for a short time at this point, but I've already covered a lot of, I mean, all of us have covered a lot of mass shootings and terror attacks, and this one hurt in a different way. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot to unpack from about the attacks themselves, the way they were covered, radicalization on these like really dark, fucked up corners of the internet, um, and what comes next. Yeah. So we're planning a future episode to talk about Islamophobia and the internet and all of this with people who are really incredible experts in their field. Um, but yeah. we wanted to take some time. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do it right. We didn't want to just move from a place of grief. We wanted to really think about the way forward and to give a platform to the people who who really need it. And um, until then, everyone at Codwell Magazine, everyone at the Cardamom Pod, we're thinking about the victims and their families, and we're holding the global Muslim community really close to our hearts. Um, so for now, we're going to leave you with this pre-recorded episode. So a couple weeks ago on Valentine's Day, Netflix released this new show called Dating Around. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it because they like promo all their new originals so fucking hard on the mm-hmm, homepage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have just been fascinated by it yeah. ever since. Yeah, I definitely skipped the first episode with a straight white dude. <laughs> so boring. I definitely like maybe watched it from like <laughs> the end back to the beginning. Yeah, right. The nice thing about it is like you can pick and choose. They're so all one-offs. Long story yeah. short, if you haven't already seen it, the, the premise is uh, it's like a reality show where they, they have five people. Each person gets a separate episode and they go on five blind dates. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the show, or at the end of the episode, um, the sort of big reveal is like who they go on a second date with. So it's like super pared down and low stakes. This is not like The Bachelor where like people are expected to like get married at the end. Um, but it's really just about like dating and the awkwardness of it and like the sort of uncomfortable back and forths and those moments where you're like, oh my God, I think I might have something with this person and, and all of that. And also the, the moment when they say something really weird. Yeah. And you're like, how do I respond to this? And I'm still, I still have yeah. to finish this date All of them. it, all of the messiness. It's really beautifully shot. It is. It's gorgeous. It's like really, it feels like a movie, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like, I think someone called it like a reality show, but it looks like prestige TV, which I yeah. love. Yeah. Well, it's like watching a reality show through like a glass of piss, mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> it's, just, it's like got that like warm oh, yellow quality oh to God. it. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it has very strong master of none feels, basically. Right, right. So Netflix, I actually hadn't seen the show until I saw Netflix tweet. Want to something like want to see a really bad date? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember this. Um, clip. And I watched it and I was not prepared for what I saw. Um, the clip was of Gorky, who uh, is one of the sort of stars of the show. She's on a date with this white man named Justin. Um, and and Gorky's an Indian woman. Yes. So, so we should clarify. She's an Indian woman. He's a white man. She is talking about her divorce and her marriage. And he's like, I don't even know how to destroy. Like, he's mansplaining, but he's also quite emotionally, like, manipulative he's like gaslighting her it's like a fucking he like lays into her for being married and then getting divorced and having an arranged marriage and 
subscribing to cultural norms and he just sort of wants to yell at her for a while yeah that was like the feeling i got it's like oh i think it's like a two minute clip and it was genuinely hard for me to sit so through. painful like i watched it multiple times mm-hmm. and i like pulled my partner in and was like you have to see this mm-hmm. and i think but like i think i was kind of expecting when i started getting an, an idea of where the clip was going that i would be like just like really like annoyed and irritated the way you sort of you know, like we're used to seeing this stuff on the internet. Like we're used to seeing men mansplain things. We're used to seeing people being racist about arranged marriages and whatnot. But I don't think I expected it to like be this triggering. Like I think I was just like, oh shit. Like not only am I pissed, I'm like, yeah, there was something weird about seeing all of that like internet IRB translated into a real life in human interaction where it's like a one-on-one thing. You kind of feel like IRL is very different from the internet space, right? right? Well, and it brought up all these like other experiences I think all of us have had. All right, a lot of people were commenting about how like it's misogyny, it's uh, xenophobia, it's racism, you know, it's all of these things and everyone had such a, a connection to this because dating is a fucking, you know crapshoot hellhole and we've all encountered shit like this yeah and i think for me it was like we've all encountered shit like this but i've never seen um it depicted so clearly on like tv like on the screen what it can sometimes be like to Mm -hmm. date as a brown woman Mm -hmm. um so i mean i know that i had all these conversations with with my circles um and my chosen family just being like holy shit have you seen this um so i had to talk to her so we reached out. I'm like so excited for you guys to hear this. She's the sweetest person. Yeah, let's let's listen to the interview. Hi, Gurky. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to talk to you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so at the end of that one clip, uh-huh. you take this like deep breath and you have your hand on your chest. Yes. And for me, that deep breath was like, so it was this moment of like oh what were you thinking what was going on that that's a good question nobody's asked me that um that was basically all of my self-control during the day bunched up in a little ball of like tension in my chest and once he walked away i could kind of just release it because you know, obviously the human in me wanted to be rude right back. I wanted to curse him out. You know, I wanted to be demeaning. Um, all those natural things that happen when you're in an argument with somebody. Um, but I also wanted to be a bigger person and I wanted to understand where he was coming from. And so, so I was kind of, you know, so that was just self-control and really just holding holding my own and trying to be a strong woman and understand his point of view despite how he was acting towards me and then once he left I could release and then not have to think anymore and sort of be myself so that's sort of what that moment was it was such like a visceral experience from start to finish I think (laughs) when I saw it like I saw the clip before I watched the episode and I think for me I was like expecting to be a little irritated Mm -hmm. I was like okay it's gonna be some like white nonsense you know I don't think I expected it to be that like genuinely triggering. Uh Like it was, I was just like feeling like the rage and like the emotion build up. I like watched it with my girlfriend who was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh my God. You know, it was, um, is that the kind of reaction you get? I've gotten, I've gotten that reaction from so many people and, um, from women and men and from like couples that watched it together. Like I think, um, 
it's sort of like the definition of empathy. Like people really related to what I was going through and really felt it. Um, you know, I got hundreds of messages and positive comments about that and how people were just so pissed off and upset. And I think a part of it is because everyone's dealt with something like that in their life before. And, you know, maybe they were me and they weren't able to react or say, what the fuck was that? And, you know, now they're viewing it and they're able to like, tune into that but yeah i got i got that reaction a lot a lot of people really felt it it's why do you think it's something that like we don't talk like talk about i remember watching it and Uh thinking like just having flashbacks to like all of the dates i've been on that have been so similar Uh you know or have gotten very close to that territory yeah like but it's not it's just not something we talk about as much i think especially for brown women it's like Mm -hmm. That you called it like a culture clash, right? Yeah, That's yeah. like something we're constantly navigating. Well, even going through the date, like, so going on the show, I told myself I was going to be 100% myself. I was going to drink. If I liked a guy and I wanted to kiss him, I was going to do it. Like, I wasn't going to worry about, like, what people thought. Um, but even in that moment, I still had this level of, like, self-control and needing, I'm a woman, needing to be classy. Like, all those things that you, like, t- you know, you kind of tell yourself. Yeah. Um, And I think we all deal with it and we all kind of, I think it's just like the subtle thing that most women deal with, but don't realize that. I don't know. I think unless you see it yourself, just like everybody saw the show, you don't actually realize what's going on. Like even me going back and like when I first watched the show, I watched it just like everybody else on Valentine's Day. We didn't get a preview or anything. And I and I remember in the moment he was even worse than what they showed, because obviously you're with this person for several hours. They edited down to a few minutes. Um, And I remember he was a horrible person, but I shouldn't say he was a horrible person. He acted like a horrible person. (laughs) You're being very generous. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's a great person and he's just whatever. He's got a lot of shit. He needs to uncover that, you know, whatever. Um, But I actually after watching it. It took me a second to be like, wait, he was like even worse than like I realized. Like I gave this guy way too much credit. And I think it's just like this subtle thing that we're just so used to dealing with that we don't even realize it's not okay. Like I don't know how many dates have you gone on with some guy who's like a total, you know, not a gentleman, rude. um, The thing that it made me flash back to specifically was going on a date with this white guy when I was in college who um studied like south asian studies or something Uh in like grad school and Uh i was like okay cool whatever Uh and the whole date was him explaining to me i'm marathi so the whole date was him explaining to me like what marathi culture is and Mm. like why i was reacting to things in a certain way Uh because that's what marathis do you know and i was just like that was the date where i was like oh i wish i had walked out sooner right totally Do, do you wish like he he was the one to stand up and, like, start walking away. Yeah. But you had been, like, clearly this is not happening again. Yeah. And I, like, I realized early on that he wasn't interested. And, again, this isn't, like, a brown thing or a white thing. But it's just, like, for some reason when you – there's a stigma with being divorced. Like, I don't think men get it as much. Like, if you go on a date with a divorced guy, like, no one's, like, oh, you're damaged. But if you go – you know, but when it's the other way around, sometimes – like, I don't know. I'd say maybe – two out of five times guys body language will change once they find out they're divorced all of a sudden they're not as excited to talk to you anymore they're not as flirty like you could just tell it's just like this you know people just don't want to date divorced person that's fine that's your preference so I kind of felt that with him early on so I kind of knew he wasn't interested but I'm like okay here's this guy let me at least get to know him and like keep an open mind um 
And he was very rude very early on. But I just... I just didn't want him to let me like I didn't want him to have the power to like like I'm not going to fucking walk away. This is like I'm the lead here. This is my show. You're here to date yeah. me. Like I'm sorry. Like that sounds like ego, but like I'm not going to walk away. It's not ego. It's <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing that was so impressive, well I, I I shouldn't say impressive. The thing that stuck out to me was how sort of calm and measured you were even in mm. the face of like the sky being such an asshole. But like we don't really have a choice. Right. You know, like you're, you're totally right that yeah. like we can't always get angry and like yeah. be rude back. And yeah, it's the kind of thing that like, well, and to be fair, I did have like, you know, the safety of the crew with me. Like, obviously there's other people around. Like if it was just he and I like for real one-on-one, like, I don't know that I would have stayed there the whole time. He was like pounding whiskeys. Like I probably would have been like, all right, bro, like you have fun. I'm out. Here's 30 bucks for my drinks. Like peace out. Yeah. Like, you know from like a safety perspective so you know this was kind of an experiment in like you know what does happen when you stay longer than you would be comfortable with and that's that's what happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you still think of it as a culture clash like I've seen a lot of people sort of reacting to the clip online and in the whole episode saying like essentially that that's a very generous way of describing what is this like really just like blatant misogyny and racism I think it's blatant misogyny for sure I think um, regardless of his skin color and my skin color, I just don't know that he has a lot. I think he has a lot of double standards when it comes to men and women. He, you know, they weren't on the show, but he spoke, you know, after getting to know him, he spoke to some of them like between takes. And I was like, all right, this guy clearly has a different standard for women and a different one for men. Um, and it's not necessarily fair. So I think a lot of it was that. Um, I do think he was very close-minded and, like, you know, he just couldn't fathom that, like, my parents had an arranged marriage and that they were happy even if they weren't, like, you know, in love like you see in the movies. Like, he just couldn't wrap his mind around that. Yeah. So he was definitely lacking a sort of cultural sensitivity. Um, But I do think the bigger issue is kind of just his male ego and how he feels he should handle himself as a man and um in terms of support and messages that i've gotten from men and women it's been like all races and skin colors it hasn't been like you know all brown women or all indian women it's really been across the board so i do think that that's been the biggest the bigger issue and that's what um i don't know i think it's what's you know it's what people are relating to the most. Yeah. But the the thing about him not understanding arranged marriages is something that I think is so common. And like, let, let's talk about that a little, because even just the mm-hmm. phrase arranged marriage means something so different to so many people. Like, I think yeah. there's this idea of it. Um, like, I think you mentioned that your parents met on their wedding day mm-hmm. and like, that's how it is for some people. For some people now, I feel like arranged marriage is essentially just your parents like, yeah, they set you up. up. You go on like a few dates, and I have a cousin. Um, her family set her and her husband. She's younger than me, so I'm 37. I think she's 32. Um, and her, she, they set her and her husband up. She literally walked around the block in her neighborhood, and she was like, "This guy's cute. I'm into it." And she said yes. And she, she was very modern girl, even though she's from India. You know, drank, dated, went to college, very educated, traveled, lived in London for a while. But she she was okay with it. And, you know, they're very happy. They have a kid together. Um, they're in love. And so, like, it, it's just different. But um, I think people still think of it as this very, like, archaic concept. And mm-hmm. it's, like, not only is it extremely common in, in many parts of the world, but also, like, 
it's not it, it doesn't necessarily take away like woman's agency you totally. know like i think it's really it really is common for like sometimes younger people even in like the diaspora to be like yeah i'm totally down for my parents to like mm -hmm. set me up you know yeah totally and i mean it's, it's just like it said i don't know if anybody else set you up and if you're wanting to get married as the end goal like you're just fast forwarding it you know everyone's different so it's such an interest like when you're on dating apps like vilmil mm -hmm. i know used to have like kind of problematic categories for like cast and all these other things but what's always been interesting to me about arranged marriage is like people kind of do tend to marry across like lines of class and race mm -hmm. and you know people fight and divorce over money issues all the time mm -hmm. and like cultural background issues mm -hmm. family stuff in-laws yeah right <laughs> like if you hate his parents like that's gonna be a problem totally. and like to me when i was a kid obviously i was like never getting arranged marriage like don't even talk to me about it mm -hmm. mom like fuck you well yeah. didn't say that but right. <laughs> <laughs> would not be here right now um but now it's kind of like oh it's this way of filtering things out mm -hmm. like that are potentially maybe you know going to be an issue mm -hmm. um, and as different as like your parents are in terms of like what they want for you at the end of the day they do want the best and like you know my mom's tried to set me up with people before and they weren't for me but they were probably out of the 10 boxes, eight of them are probably better than people I chose for myself, you know? And it's just like the things we prioritize are just different, but they do like want the best for you. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes the, um, the, the definition of like what's best for you is just right. Questionable. Right. Totally. Um, what is it like for you to date now? Are you still, I'm actually dating somebody right now. Oh. <laughs> so um, after the show, I like that. So we filmed over a week and we went on a different date every night. And I actually went on seven dates, but they edited out two of the guys. Um, and so went on seven dates in one week. Like that was more dating than I'd done my whole time in New York. So I was pretty dated out. Um, and so I actually didn't date anybody afterwards. But um, then I reconnected with somebody in October um and have been dating him ever since so oh my gosh that's great i know so <laughs> so we'll see what happens yeah it can be such an exhausting process it's horrible did you ever go through a phase of like i am only gonna date brown people or like i need to take a break from white people yeah or i went like through like a category. lot of phases and it's like being so my parents are originally from india but i wasn't born there i was born in france um so being like a second generation where you're you know, there's shades of brown, right? So, yeah. like, you're, like, sometimes I'm not brown enough for my own cousins. And, you know, sometimes I'm not white enough for my white friends. And you're just, like, in this, like, brown area. Um, and I went through phases of, in college and, like, right after high school, where I only hung out with brown people, only dated brown people, because that was, like, what you're comfortable with. And that's just what you were used to. Um, and then got divorced. And the guy I dated after I got divorced was also brown. Um, and then that was a terrible relationship and then I was like I'm just not even gonna do brown anymore and so then I went 180 and only started dating sort of American guys and people of other cultures um and you know that didn't work out either and then after the show you know every guy that they put me on a date with was actually a different cultural background I don't know if anybody noticed that you know there's yeah. like a black guy from yes. Yonkers um and actually the two guys that they edited out one of them was Indian and one of them was from the Caribbean so I literally got like a plethora yeah. of cult you know like I was like all right let's try them all um and aside from Justin the guys were great 
And so like that really kind of opened up my mind to like, I don't need to just do one or the other. Like, let's just see what happens. And, um, and so I don't, I don't know, like I, I have gone through phases, but I've kind of been open after the show to kind of just see, um, but yeah, I think talking to people about those like dating phases is so interesting Mm -hmm. because I know like for me, there were periods where I was just like, it didn't even occur to me that dating a brown person didn't have to feel like, for example, my parents' marriage or Mm -hmm. like any other sort of model of like what Mm -hmm. I had already seen, you know, Mm -hmm. like you grew up with these sort of like, um, not expectations, but this experience of like, oh, this well, is what like it means. I feel like when you date a brown person, there's this like marriage pressure automatically for some reason. Yes. And every brown guy I've dated, even the guy I dated after I got divorced, who knew I was recently divorced, it was very clear that like I wasn't ready to get married again. Um, and we talked about it. There was still this expectation that it's gonna like, I can't explain it. Like it was still kind of in the back of his Did mind. Yeah. Do you feel like the expectation came from him or from family or just from him and his family and then a little bit my well my family always the end goal is always to get married like even now even after filming a show (laughs) about family pressure i'm still getting the question about the guy i'm dating now and i'm like can i just get to know him please yeah um yeah but i think there's just like this elevated level of pressure for some reason when you're dating a brown guy um and i don't know if it's like self-inflicted um but i do feel like it's it's there i don't know and like i have i don't know I mean, something that I know I used to worry about is, is like, the baggage that comes with it. Like, mm. I mean, you talked about this a little bit on the show, but, like, this, um, you know, Justin was saying, like, essentially you have to give up a part of yourself, like, if yeah. you're, like, in love with someone. And I just felt like that's some, like, obviously he is white and it was coming from him, but that's something that I feel like is really drilled into brown women especially that yeah. like marriage is about compromise and you are going to be the one who's compromising totally totally and my mom like even has said things before which sounds horrible that but like you know life's not always about happiness and i'm like actually it is about and happiness also, like, are you <laughs> telling dudes that <laughs> you know yeah so it's just like they came from a generation of like you know commitment and making you're doing well for the whole family and it's not about you as an individual and they still believe that um and we come from a different generation where it's about like personal and individual happiness and if you're happy you can make others happy and so that's the clash a little bit there too yeah my mom has always sort of touted arranged marriages um to to me it's just being like well look at divorce rates in america versus Mm -hmm. like we don't this doesn't happen in india you know as if but then Divorce I'm like, how many people are happily married? Exactly, in India? right? Like, it's like we don't. It, would we rather have people be like married and mm-hmm. in unhealthy marriages or abusive mm-hmm. marriages or just bad situations mm-hmm. or like just be like, okay, sometimes it doesn't work out, you right. know? Um, do, do you feel like does divorce like did it feel kind of subversive for you personally to like flip that script and be like, oh, actually, I'm gonna draw a line and I am going to say this is not for me or I've compromised enough or this is actually not making me happy. Yeah. I just, it came to a point where, so, and I explained a little bit about this on the show where like, obviously my parents had an arranged marriage. And so as I was struggling to be happy in my marriage and things weren't working out with my ex-husband, it just kept coming back to me like, okay, my parents never even met on their wedding day. Like, why can't I make this work? And I just kept trying. Um, and I just, I just couldn't. And, 
you know, my ex-husband wasn't happy and, you know, he had his own problems that he needed to handle from like a personal growth perspective that I couldn't help him with. And, um, and so, yeah, so I, I did have that thinking of like, I need to be able to make it work, but then there comes a point where you just feel like shit all the time and you just like, you just get sick of it and you're like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Like something has to change. Um, and so, yeah, so I had to sort of draw the line there and, you know, speak to his, his mother, my mother, you know, the nannies, everyone had to be, get involved. <laughs> yeah, just go down the list. Yeah, I had yeah. To, like everyone had to be involved, all the cousins. There was like the de-cousining. I think families <laughs> take it really personally when it's like not. Yeah, really yeah I think my, I think the families almost took it harder than like I, I myself, like I, I still think that there's some fam- family members that are still grieving over this. Um, I got divorced oh, like eight years ago or something and I'm super happy, but I do think there's still a little little pain a little regret from some family members of how it all went down um and again i think that's very cultural and it's just you know when indian people get married like your family's getting married it's mm-hmm. a whole different thing yeah there's always this like i feel like this sort of go-to phrase of like brown goes everywhere is like well am i marrying him or his mom like why does it care if yeah. like what does it matter if his mom like thinks i don't make good roadies or whatever yeah, you yeah. know like if he cares then it's gonna matter yeah if exactly. he doesn't care then it's fine but right. yeah so has your family seen the episode they have what they, was the um they were yeah. proud of me um, my mom did say, oh, you said the fuck word four times the and she doesn't, <laughs> and she doesn't curse. She was like, you yeah. said, f- you said the word fuck four times. And I was like, I did like, I don't, I'm like such, I have such a sailor mouth. Like I don't, I don't, I didn't even realize I cursed on the show, but apparently I said fuck four times. Um, but yeah, they watched it. My dad was like super proud and you know, my mom calls me her little star Aww. and it's like really cute. Yeah. So, um, obviously I talked about like some painful things on the show, but, um, you know, I think they were proud of like how I carried myself and that I was being true to me. And so they were really excited. Do you think it changed their perspective or like gave them more perspective on you and how you see dating? And like, I don't know how much, how much do you guys talk about that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, I talked to my parents. Pre- I'm pretty open with my parents. Um, once you get like divorced, it's like, I, it's just kind of like all all bars are off. Like yeah. you're just, you know, I, I just tell them everything essentially. Well, all, not everything, almost everything. Um, but yeah, no, they were proud of it. And, um, they're, they're funny. My mom, I think it has changed her perspective a little bit. So my brother is, um, living with his girlfriend. They're dating. She's this cute white girl from Virginia. Um, they've been together for a while. You know, they're both at a place in, in life where there's no transition, next step is getting engaged getting married and so you know but my mom after watching the show and she's been like kind of harping on them to like get engaged get married and like you know get a ring and all this stuff and so but i saw her last week actually and this was the first time after the show and she was like so do you think you know monic what she's like but you know i don't want to pressure him (laughs) but (laughs) that's like real world impact yeah that's i'm like that's like knowing my mom i'm like that's a progress yeah you know because she's she's still wanting to know the answer she's still antsy for it but she's at least like caveating it and like saying okay i don't want to pressure but what do you guys think yeah i just want to know so i think it has helped them a little bit i feel like it should be mandatory viewing for every like brown (laughs) parent that's like why aren't you dating why aren't you married you know and Mm -hmm. it's like this is if you it's not really specific to New York, but if you like live in a big city and you are dating, like it's 
trials and tribulations like totally. there's so many ups and downs it's not as easy as you know i'm sure for them it's like well why don't you just meet this you yeah. know he seems awesome. nice enough like I why know. not <laughs> yeah and you're like he has problematic politics like <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. he's a republican mom yeah um well Grookey, thank you so much for being here you're welcome this has been so much fun i am there have been so many conversations that are still coming out of this and i'm so That's excited great. to see like i should ask are there plans for like a season two i have no idea i can't imagine that they would not do a season two with all new people all new problems um i feel like it should be in new york because it's new york but i don't know maybe yeah. they'll pick a different city i'm sure there'll be a season two but i haven't heard anything okay but no like continuations i feel like a big thing about this show is everyone is like Okay, but what like I, I was what happened? Yeah, right. Like, are they still together? Are yeah. they getting married? Like, it's not The Bachelor, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. No ring totally. Rose ceremony totally. At the end. I mean, I'd be up for if somebody wants to follow me around and check out my life. <laughs> I'd be up for it, but um, there have been none of those conversations. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah. We'll find a way. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. That was so good. I uh, I really related to a lot of her experiences that she brought up, like experience of dating brown people the experience of not dating brown people yeah i really love that like producers i you would expect better from netflix not that you would expect okay <laughs> let me backtrack i really love that uh it wasn't the situation where like oh the brown girl ends up with a brown guy which i feel like is the sort of narrative that sometimes gets pushed upon people like but i don't i don't agree with that because we're getting so much content that's like brown men and white women and yes. like the need to like date outside your your race and your community because your community is so oppressive right. Right. all of that stuff so actually like i would have loved to see that i'm not opposed to that but i do appreciate the fact that it wasn't heavy-handed in any way whatsoever right that it it was about her as a person and sort of the multitude of her experiences and it wasn't about like oh she's an indian person so we like must put like some right you know like that's what indian people do right they only you know like but i totally agree with you that there's also this you know, interracial dating and marriage is like can be so, sort of a very loaded topic for brown people. And I think there is something to be said for like, I don't know, the safety and the understanding of your own community. Well, OK, so here's the thing. Having dated white people and having dated brown people, I have done both out of a sense of self-preservation, I would say. Mm. Like when I wasn't dating brown people, when I was expressly dating white people or expressly dating not brown people, it was because I felt that people from my community would hurt me. Like they would find culturally specific ways to hurt me because, you know, the brown people in my life already did that even without romance attached to it. So I was like legitimately just not seeking them out on purpose. And also because like in college, there's like a weird feeling that everyone wants to set you up like two by two. Like it's kind mm -hmm. of a, like you're brown. I have a brown friend. Exactly. You guys are totally right. get this along. This is what I'm talking about. Right. Just like when you're gay and you only know one gay person, you're like, oh my God. Like, yes. We should get together. You know, there's yeah. like that weird sense the sort of, of like, running thing when you're gay is like, oh, you must know this other lesbian, you know. Or in like you city. guys would totally hit it off and fall in love I and know. get married because you're both like, lesbians. We probably like. do know each other. <laughs> That's the thing. We, we probably, probably do know them because they're probably dated each other. Right, right, right. And it's the same thing with brown people. Incredibly incestuous community. Yeah. But, um, like i i just really like i related to that like this kind of this desire to seek comfort in your partner because of like the community they come from for good and for bad does it it's sort of regardless of where they come from you're kind of always doing it if you do it knowingly you're doing it out of a sense of self-preservation because you think that they could hurt you and that's what gurky said right like 
there was a sense of like wanting like after she had her divorce and after she dated her rebound guy like not wanting to <laughs> rebound date guy. not not wanting to date brown people because she felt like there was a lot of hurt attached to those relationships and like, that's what happened to me too like i was dating white people and i had a lot of like I had to deal with a lot of like mm-hmm. cultural and racist trauma as a result of that. And I had to like date someone who would get it. And and I also knew that I wanted to like end up with a brown person. So I was just like, all right, I'll just start now. I so, think, yeah, yeah, I think what was so interesting for me when I was dating brown people was like, I, it was a huge light bulb for a moment for me to realize that like what I sort of talked about is like immigrant experiences and in basic experiences like were so different. It's not until you... Um, obviously relationships come with so much intimacy about you and your personality and your family history and your baggage and your trauma. And like when I was going on dates with like other brown people of all genders, I was like, oh, look, we are so similar in a lot of ways, but also so different. And there's this, I know for me, there was this fear that like I was afraid, I think, of having my particular kind of like brown baggage and trauma, um, being projected on me from like an outside person if that makes any yeah. sense this is kind of what you're saying right of like we carry these expectations of ourselves and of what brown families look like and of what brown relationships look like and so it's hard to sort of set aside all of that and just be like okay you're a person i'm a person and how do we like navigate this world together it's it's true and it, but i think it's also impossible when you're dating somebody to like not bring politics into it right mm-hmm. like i think like especially if you're like a south asian woman dating south asian men like there is a fucking you know power dynamic there's a power dynamic there like there's a sense of expectation of like how they can treat you because that's how they treat the women in their life who are brown who are south asian like Mm -hmm. you kind of are like you're projected onto that model whether you want to be or not like and it could be good it could be bad like they could treat you like their mom or their sister or their cousin or they could treat you like their mom or their sister or their cousin you know (laughs) yeah it can fucking suck and I've, de- I've definitely dealt with that. I've definitely dealt with, like, Daisy fuck boys for sure. And, you know, I've also dealt with, like, Daisy fuck girls. Daisy fuck boys are, like, on a f- they another are level. <laughs> Especially They're if you're Punjabi like me. Like, if you're dating other Punjabi men, it's t- fucking terrible. I'm going to say it now. And you can at me all you want, but it's true. Like, the amount of, like, just... Re- sh- yeah, I'm not even going to go into it. But it's, like, a whole no, thing. No, say it. <laughs> I just... You know, it's just, like... We'll deal P- with the Punjabi men who are really into their caste, for example, and who are really into mm. being jut, for example. Like that is fine if that is within your own circle, but do not bring that to me because I cannot, I can't do anything with that. All that is going to be is oppressive and hurtful. So like, I was never really into that. I still wanted to like date Punjabi men, but they had to be like my exact kind of Punjabi, right? They had to be like kind of like urbanite. They had to be kind of like not Sikh, but maybe Hindu. Like, they had to speak Hindi also. Like, there's, like, all these things that I kind of attached to that. Like, when you start to seek out your own, you kind of get hyper-specific because you're, like, like you said, you, like, our baggage has to match up a little bit. Otherwise, like, I had all of these fantasies of, like, I'm going to date a guy and he's going to call me, like, Gordy, and it's going to be, like, hot as fuck. Because it's, like, <laughs> that's, like, the level of intimacy that I wanted, right? I wanted someone who's going to, like, call me baby in my own language. Mm-hmm. Shit like that, right? And then now I'm, like two years down with this like malu kid and <laughs> we're really happy but like when i was first dating him i remember telling my friend i was like i can already see this not working i can see it on paper like you know i'm hindu he's christian i'm punjabi he's malu he doesn't speak hindi like he doesn't watch bali well there's nothing we have no cultural touch points but it's like amazing it's like working out he's great the sweetest yeah like i mean you met him he's great but like it's 
it's one of those things where like you can go into it with all this expectation and you can go into it being like i'm gonna find you because i'm gonna like somehow like build in a lab like my ideal yeah like brown partner and, and it doesn't work out like that even when you try what's weird about brown people doing that is like it also in, in this effort to be like i want to find someone who like really gets me like sometimes i think perpetuates some really fucked up ideas of like class and caste and, yeah, and all dude. these other things right like we talked about this a little bit in the interview but like the mill used to have these like really fucked up categories yeah i remember i wrote about that shit it, it's real it's like wild. not only did it ask you what dance team you were on in college but it asked you what cast you are listen what dance team <laughs> you were on in college that is a triggering question <laughs> it's it's that was like, like my uh, life. We could do a whole episode about. No, we're the not gonna. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. That's so much like, to unpack there. It's just pure trauma. <laughs> that's like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Terrible. We've all been there. That's yeah. But it's it's true. Like there is a sense that when you enter this world, when you're looking for your brown partner, that you have to like meet them on these horrible oppressive levels. Like not only is it hard being a brown woman, being a brown queer woman, doing all of this stuff, but when it becomes like extremely hetero- heteronormative capitalist heteropatriarchy all of that shit whether you want it to be or not even when you try really hard to remove all that there's something intrinsic about dating brown people that that it kind of comes with that yeah and the flip side of that is is when you're dating white people not to say you can only date brown people or white people i'm not dating either but when you're dating white people it it's like a whole host of other issues where i know that i was constantly concerned that either explicitly or implicitly I was going to be tokenized. And yeah. sometimes it was them asking me about my culture or my language or my food in a way that like could very well have just been like, look, I want to get to know you. I think you're interesting. I like you. I want to know more about your life and what you're into and all of that. Like super fine. But when you carry this baggage, you know, my guard is up. All my alarm bells are going off. Like, oh, where is this line of questioning going? But you it know? also ends up being like a dilution. It's like when they ask about like food and culture and stuff, it's like still a dilution of what they think those things are. Mm-hmm. Like, also, like, I don't think food defines me. It's like we us going for like Indian food isn't going to make me feel more comfortable with you. You know, like it's not like there was actually a moment in one of my last relationships where I was dating a white guy um, and he was white English. And his family asked him covertly if they would think I was racist because they ordered in Indian food. Like, there's, like, a oh just a complete God. lack of, like, sense. And, like, I wasn't offended, but then suddenly I felt like I should be offended. Like, I didn't. I, the, for me, that's, like, a moment of, of like, you, this dude needs to censor himself. Like, understand that if your family is doing or saying some weird shit, don't project that onto your partner. Like, Talk to your family about that. Right. Don't bring that on to them. Right. Unless you're like warning them and being like, look, we're not going to go see my parents for Christmas because they're fucked up. <laughs> it know? was just like, it was really weird. And it also just was like, like, what do you do with that? You know, like, and that's what I was, I feel like that happens so much more often when you're dating people outside your culture, but who don't have culture of their own. Mm-hmm. White people. When you're dating white people. Yeah. Like when you're dating people of other cultures, like they have their own, like you find yourselves in each other constantly in ways that you might not expect and i just sort of feel like that doesn't always happen i mean unsafe relationships are unsafe relationships regardless like that can be any color any creed any community mm-hmm. whoever you're dating yeah. toxic relationships are not like they don't there's not just white people or brown yeah. people or anything like that but it, it is interesting that that has been my experience where like i do i have felt extremely erased in my relationships with white people and that's why i stopped dating white people it was just as a way of like protecting myself 
I think dating for me was a really good way of realizing that like my queerness was not going to save me from this shit. Um, I remember the first date I went on with a woman um, with someone who I'd met on Tinder. W- I was in college and she was a white person who in her Tinder photos had like a photo of her like clearly in like India, like in an Indian house. And there was um, an Indian woman in a sari like in the background, like at the stove, like making rotis or something, you know, and she had like taken a selfie is how I remember it. And like, I know you're making this face on me right now. And like, listen, it should have been a red flag. But I was like, I don't know, 17, 18. And we went on the date. <laughs> Aziz is like, our producer is dying right now. We went on the date. Um, she seemed like fine and great. Um, she seemed fine. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I okay. know. Like ringing endorsement. At the end of the date, she walks me to the train station. Um, we kissed and she basically said something along the lines of like why I should text her back or like she wanted to see me again so that I could be her Indian princess. The fuck? And I was like, oh. So, okay, disclaimer, like I said, I was like a teenager. I didn't know what I was doing. For whatever godforsaken reason, I went on a second date with her and she showed up in cornrows. And that for me was Anushka. like, I know, mistakes were made, okay? But it was like <laughs> a massive lesson learned of like, oh, remember when I thought being gay was all about like community and love and rainbows? Like you can be queer and still be deeply fucked up and racist. Right. And that for me was a moment where I was like, you know what? I don't know if I, if like dating white women, cis white women is like the road for me. And I don't have a hard and fast rule about it, but you have enough of these experiences where it just you have to protect yourself like you said it's acting out of self-preservation there's uh, like i mean i feel like in that interview she just spoke so like honestly about the expectation of marriage that was put on her as well like how she was kind of hurtling towards marriage even when she wasn't really sure about stuff like especially in that vulture interview she talked about it too um this is the um vulture did an amazing friend date with Malika Rao and, uh, and Gurkhi, yeah. and they're both um, Indian divorcees and kind of navigating dating life in New York. So it's like a really intimate, lovely conversation. Um, but like, there's something that she talked about, just kind of the sense of like impending doom when it comes to mm-hmm. marriage in some ways. Like that, there's like you can't steer out of it. Like just that it, it comes at you, especially if you're like with a brown person. If you're brown and with a brown person, there's just the an expectation, expectation is there. there. Yeah, and like. For me, I kind of, like, played into it. I was, like, oh, I, I want to be with a brown person. I'm going to start finding my brown partner now. And then, like... But, like, that was your choice. That was my choice. So, like... But at the same time, like, that's why when people, like, ask us questions about marriage, it's not, like, a squeamish thing. It's, like, oh, no, like, we've already had that conversation. Like, we are, we're already on the same page about that. It doesn't feel like a weird Western complex conundrum of, like, is so you going to propose? I don't know when. Mm-hmm. Like, none of that stuff is happening. So... But I really did feel that. Like, there's a sense of, like, just this is it like you kind of it's like a resolution and like you kind of always have that when you date brown people and it's funny because like I once went on this date with this brown guy and he was telling me how he hates dating brown girls because they're always proposing to him or like they're always like bringing up marriage and I was like sure I don't know why you're telling me this because like I didn't propose to you I'm pretty sure neither like none of them I'm pretty sure neither of them proposed to you I'm pretty (laughs) sure there's like one or two and like you're acting like it's a whole fucking pattern and it's not you're just like in your feelings and you don't want to be tethered down or whatever the fuck like yeah it was his own baggage and his own thing and it's funny because I guess like brown girls just seen as like like sirens like the siren call of like Mm -hmm. marriage or something 
and like that's how we feel about brown men to some extent too like oh if i partner up with a brown man like that's it for me yeah like that's the end of my dating life it really makes me wonder like for a lot of young brown girls how much richer would our lives be how much more interesting would our lives be how much more would we experiment and explore and figure ourselves out if it didn't feel if like brown men didn't exist yes cis brown men yeah <laughs> I, listen, someone's got to say it. <laughs> but I- more so than that, if this expectation, regardless, you know, of your of your sexuality or, or whatever, like that eventually you're going to be married down, married down. Oh, my God. That's like and slip. <laughs> oh. but you're going to be settled down and married and like you're going to have like you're going to everything is going to be all tied up neatly. Right. Yeah. I think that's why divorce sort of can be such a hard thing for like brown families to talk about because it's like oh this thing that we thought we like wrapped up there's an owl and put it over (laughs) right like fuck what happened there's there's a loophole Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah they they definitely have a problem with that i think marriage is such an interest i'm also like of the age like i know you're not necessarily but i am of the age now are you getting all the social media posts well like you know three of my best friends are engaged none of them are brown but like that that's the age that we're all at now and that's what's expected of us and i'm okay with it because like i'm nearing 30 and like that is where i saw my life heading at a certain point but it's still kind of like damn what would my life be if i didn't have this hanging over my head even though i think of it as like a positive thing and not like an anvil like if that didn't exist like where would i be right it's like the relationship and the marriage can be beautiful amazing enriching things but it's the expectation of it that like is fucking us yeah up. and i feel like i should like leave this on a really amazing note i was interviewing the nice of high wildflower formerly known as thani nandani islam the writer who wrote bright lines and is working on her second novel now and i was interviewing her for Godwell volume three and she was telling me how she just recently married her partner of like seven years and she's like nearing 37 and she's just like there's honestly no rush because it just gets deeper like there's no rush to go anywhere to be anything to get married to do whatever because like even if you wait it just gets better and i was just like oh that like hit me right in my heart and so for anyone who needs to hear it like brown people you guys can wait until like you're almost 40 it's fine you can wait you can never do it you can leave it if you've done it shit just keeps getting better from here like this is not the final frontier of anything yeah this is it just keeps going forever and ever it's time for our favorite segment no nuzzer zone where we're basically cursing people out (laughs) but like no nuzzer (laughs) nadia i feel like we have to talk about relationships this week what are your constructively petty feelings um um okay so a lot of my friends come to me for relationship advice which is a fucking joke because like i don't know what it is about me that says that i'm good at advice maybe they just want to talk to somebody but they're always coming to me and they're like uh i have this complaint about my partner and i don't know what to do and i'm always just like dump him yeah i don't even just dump him like why are we having this conversation why do we keep having this conversation why am i still like holding your hand through this you're an adult dump him i'm bored of him i'm bored of this conversation (laughs) and i just i have done that so consistently and continuously for so many years and i'm like surprised at this point when people come to me like for relationship advice and they expect something different they'll get there someday i I am the dump him friend yes i mean we should all be the dump him friend i think that when my queer friends who are dating like queer trans non-binary people come to me for relationship advice i'm much more generous because i'm like it's complicated you're both beautiful people it's so hard yeah when when you're like in a cishet relationship and no it's easy i'm it's so easy it's there's only one answer and the answer is dumping and there's only one issue him (laughs) 
like every single fucking time so no nuzzer but dump him this is a psa if you guys need relationship advice please at us if you need someone to tell you to dump him please at me yeah that's all i do (laughs) i will not give you advice my advice is dump him and you've already heard it so don't waste my time this episode of the cardamom pod is presented by kajal magazine in partnership with listening party follow the crew on instagram at listening party presents and at canal street market and you can follow kajal at kajal mag i'm your host anushka my co-host is nadia our producer is aziz adib music provided by serene patel we'll talk to you all soon keep an eye out for evil eyes Thank you.